You are listening to the teaching ministry of Valor Christian Center's Pastors Scott and Tina Witwam. Well, we've been talking about the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, and we're going to continue on. This is lesson nine uh, in this series, and we're, we're just going to keep going. We'll just go as long as God has us. We'll just continue to follow the Holy Spirit in everything that we do here. Amen? Amen. Amen. And when the Holy Spirit interrupts our service, we'll just uh, step aside and let him do his thing. Amen? Amen. Go with me to Romans 8.14. We've been using this as our basis scripture for this lesson. In Romans 8.14, it says, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And it is important for us as born-again, spirit-filled believers to, uh, to understand that, that the concept is, is not to just be led by your family, not just to be led by your neighbors and what they think about it, not just to be led by your family, and not just to be led by your pastor, right? I am like you. Every day, I get to spend my opportunity learning more about God. I have not arrived. You know, nine or ten years ago when I got that certificate that said, doctor, that did not mean I had arrived. No, that just meant I realize now that I know a whole lot less than what I thought I knew about God. Because the more I find out about Him, the more I realize how little I know about Him. Because His Word continues to provide revelation and expansion and, and into, into our life. And so we want to be led by the Spirit of God. I want the Holy Spirit to lead me in everything I do, whether it's in my business, whether it's in my home, whether it's here. I want His will. Amen? And for those of you who, who have had an opportunity to, to be in a, a Brother Norval Hayes service or work on the worship team like your wife uh, with Brother Norval or at some of his conferences, one of the things that, that I remember about Brother Norval is his services were never short. Amen? Yeah. Amen. They were never short. Sometimes he'd preach a couple hours. And then the Holy Spirit would come. The Holy Spirit would then move. I remember Dad Hagen. He, he used to say that in the early days that he wouldn't go do, do a, 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 an outreach, a crusade, unless he could be there three weeks. Because he had to get people on the same page with faith as the Bible. And then the Holy Spirit would show up. And healings would spring forth in his meetings. But if he'd go in and just do a, a two or three, three days, there would be a healing here or healing there. But, but nothing like the power when they got in unity with the Holy Spirit. Amen? And I want to be in unity with the Holy Spirit. I want to be led by the Spirit of God because I am a child of God. Amen? Father, we thank you for sonship. We thank you for daughtership. We thank you that we are children of the Most High. And as children, we are open to your instruction to your correction, to your leading. And we thank you for that, Father. And as we open the word today, we ask that you lead us and that you guide us, that you teach us through your revelation, through the rhema word. And we'll be sure to give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. All right, so today's question to open is, what was your initial reaction the last time the Holy Spirit empowered you to affect someone else? 
Let me, say, let, me, let me ask that question again. What was your initial reaction the last time the Holy Spirit empowered you to affect someone else? Sometimes, and I, I can tell you in my own life, there's been some times when the Holy Spirit has empowered me to affect somebody else that I missed it, and my initial reaction is, forgive me, Holy Spirit, I, I missed it. But you know what? That's good. Not, it's not good that I missed it, but it's good that I'm learning from it, right? It's good that I'm acknowledging the Holy Spirit's voice in my life. And it's good for you to do that, too. It is better to miss an opportunity and realize it than to just ignore it completely, just ignore the voice of the Holy Spirit. He is speaking to us on a regular basis. And I've heard people say, well, I'm not, I don't hear the Holy Spirit. Well, maybe if you'd be quiet a little bit and listen... Most people's prayer time is all them talking. Have you ever had a conversation with you where only one party talks? Kind of a lopsided conversation. And maybe the best part of the conversation was never vocalized. I mean, that's possible. Amen? Amen. So we've been studying the endowments of the Holy Spirit. You know, in 1 Corinthians 12, 1, we want to become knowledgeable about those. Because the Bible says, now concerning these spiritual endowments, I don't want you to be without knowledge. So it's important that we understand what the Holy Spirit's doing so that we can understand the manifestation and, and, and be open to the outward and visible expression of the Holy Spirit. These empowerments that we've called gifts, but they're also ministries and activities, they can be found you know, in, in verse 4 through 6. And inside these verses, these these Three classifications of empowerments contain nine different manifestations that are all for you. Isn't that so awesome? You know, there's a lot of people who think, well, no, that's for, the, that's for the, the minister. That's just for him up there. That's for him because he's closer to God. I guess God's in the Northwest. You, me, the church. It's not just for the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. It's for you. You have the ministry of reconciliation and the, the power, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit needs to be activated in each of our lives so that we can carry out that ministry of reconciliation. It's a big responsibility to reconcile the world. I mean, thank God that Jesus is the reconciler and not me. But my job is to bring people to to, to be the Jesus that is alive in the earth, to share his words, to share his wisdom, to share his spirit, and let the Holy Spirit convict them. That's why I need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. I need the words to speak. You know, the Bible says that he'll give them to you. He says, don't worry about what to say when you stand before kings, for the Holy Spirit will give you the words to speak. So we covered the activities of the Spirit here a few weeks ago, and we started to talk and unpack the empowerments called the ministries. Unlike the activities that do something, the ministries reveal something. You know, I like the activities because they do something, you know, and that's just my nature. I'm always doing something. I mean, how many are you like that? You're just always doing something. But there's some people that are thinkers, right? And I would say the revelation gifts are probably, you know, more up their alley because they reveal something they show something of god this word ministries diakonia 
We, we see that here in 1 Corinthians 12.5. There are differences of ministries. This word diakonia is where we get the word deacon. But it literally means servant, which would qualify an usher, would qualify a, a children's teacher, qualify a greeter. Basically, it would qualify you. You're looking at one when you look in the mirror. Amen? I mean, that's what we're called to be, servants. We're called to be the doers of the word. Now, there's three ministries that are, are listed here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And the first is the, the word of knowledge. And we spent a couple weeks talking about the word of knowledge. We even seen it in operation in the congregation. Praise the Lord. Amen? And we probably see it in our lives more than we even recognize. The, the next one would be the discerning of spirits. And we're going to talk about that in the coming weeks. It's not the gift of discernment. We'll see that. It's the discerning of spirits. It reveals a spiritual situation. And the one where we, we started to talk about just a tad bit last week, but we're going to talk about today is the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom. This is, in my opinion, this is probably the most important of the gifts. Because we have to remember, this is a word. It is a word that God knows and that he wants you to know, supernaturally. It's not general wisdom, okay? And how do we know that? Because general wisdom is the application of knowledge. And James tells us how to get that. In James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally and without condemnation. I mean, that's, that's general wisdom. And you should be asking God for it, for the wisdom that we need in order to operate our lives, the wisdom we need to, to do our jobs, the wisdom we need to be uh, ministers of reconciliation. We should be asking for that type of wisdom. But the word of wisdom is a revelation of God's mind and a revelation of God's will. So you can see how this would be the greatest, well, the gifts of healings. Well, that's good. I want to see people healed. But you know what? I want the revelation of how God would do something. When God ministers in the word of wisdom, you get, you get the plan for how God would do something. And when you do what God would do, it always seems to work. Spiffy. The problem happens when I, when I start doing things the way Scott would, right? The way Scott will. That's when, that's when, that's when the train can get off the tracks. Same thing for you. Amen? Thanks for warming them up, Frank. Appreciate that. So to know what God knows is more important than anything else. That really is the mind in pursuit of God, and that's what he actually desires. He says, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. Well, what's his righteousness? His righteousness is the way he does things. It's his right way of. And God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen? Amen. I want to know what God knows. Now, I know I can't know all of what God knows. My, my, my head ain't that big. But what I can get in there, I want in there. Amen? Amen. 
And there's some stuff in there I want just pushed right out. We all got some stuff in our head that needs to get pushed right out. Amen? Amen. Now, I've said, in my opinion, the word of wisdom is the most important or the, the, the most impactful or maybe the most profound of these empowerments. But do you know, in reality, the most important empowerment is the one that you need at the time that you need it. That really... That, and that's why the Holy Spirit operates as He wills. Because you have no idea what you really need. You just think you know what you need. Amen? Amen? How many times have I thought I knew what I needed? And I didn't get it, but I got something else, and it put me in a better place than I would have been if I'd have got what I thought I needed. Amen? God knows a whole lot more than I do. Hallelujah. That's why I tell, you, that's why I tell people, you know, get your, get your eyes and your, your thought of, of God off of the minister of the gospel. Ministers come and go. People fail. I mean, that's a fact. How many people, their pastor failed, left church? It happens every time. Well, if he can't do it, how can we? In fact, is I'm going to tell on you guys. Because I remember having some conversations. You guys were at a sticky time in your life when, when the last pastor left. But you know what? God showed himself strong, didn't he? Didn't he? You get your eyes off man, you get your eyes back on God. Get your train back on the right track. So it's important that we keep our eyes focused where they need to be. So that these empowerments, these powerments which need the operation of faith can operate properly. See, we need the God kind of faith. Remember Mark 11, 22, have the God kind of faith, right? So that the Holy Spirit can utilize those. We don't need Thomas's faith, right? Jesus, I'll believe if I could put my finger where the nail prints were. We don't need that kind of faith. The world's got all kinds of that faith. And the world's doing a horrible job with it. I mean, you think about it. Here we are, 2022, right? The knowledge of the world is doubling like every five to seven years. They've mapped the human genome. They've, they're, they're finding out things with our cognitive abilities they never even knew and could, could, could process or do before, and yet there's still slavery in the world. There's still wars in the world. There's still human trafficking in the world. So we know that the human condition is perverted. It's messed up. Right? So that's why we need God kind of faith. We need God kind of everything. So go with me. I want to, I want to talk about wisdom. I want to show some examples here. So go with me to the, the book of Acts. We're going to talk about the Apostle Paul, and we touched on this even when we were talking about the word of wisdom. Uh, Acts 27, I'm going to read verses 9 and 10, and then we're going to jump down to verses 30 and 31. It says, Now when much time had been spent, and sailing was now dangerous. Now, just so you know what's happening here, Paul is on his way to Rome. The Lord has told Paul that he is destined to go to Rome. 
Prophets have come and told Paul what's going to happen on his way to Rome. And Paul said, but God told me to go there. Thank you for showing that I'm going to be bound up. I'm going to be tied. I'm going to be put in prison. All that stuff. None of that matters because God said go. And so sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already over. And Paul advised them saying, men, I perceive the voyage would end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also our lives. So there's a word of knowledge, right? Paul has a word of knowledge and he shares it with them. Now, how many times do the captains listen to the prisoners? Doesn't happen very often, does it? And as the sailors, verse 30, and as the sailors were seeking to escape, because now they've hit this huge storm, ship is breaking up, and the sailors are seeking to escape from the ship. When they let down the skiffs into the sea under the pretense of putting out anchors from the prow, Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Word of wisdom. See, God spoke to Paul in a word of wisdom and said, hey, the logical thing to do is to put out the lifeboats. Everybody get off the ship and make it to shore, right? But God said, hey, whoo, wait a minute. Everybody stays with the ship, though the ship will be broken up. Everybody's going to make it to shore. That's a word of wisdom. See, how important is it in a time like this to have a word of wisdom like that. Amen? So a word of wisdom. A word of wisdom can take you from a place of devastation and give you the insight, the plan, the wisdom of God to get to the place of your appointment. Right? We all want to go from our place of devastation to our place of appointment where our destiny is, where God's plan is revealed to us. Amen? The word of wisdom. The word of wisdom. Now, here, here's another story from the book of Acts. Cornelius and Peter. Cornelius and Peter. Acts chapter 10, verses 9 and 20. And I like this one because spirit-filled believers use this thing to justify all kinds of things. But let's, let's read it in context. Amen? The next day, as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up unto the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. And like Frank, he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance. And he saw the heavens opened and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners, descending to him and let down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals, of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. So, so here Peter has a vision. He's overcome with hunger so much that he's, he has a vision. And the Lord speaks to him in the vision and says, Hey, Peter, do something that is contrary to the Levitical law. And Peter says, no. He says, Lord, you know, I, since my childhood, man, I have, I have kept the Levitical law. I eat only things that I'm supposed to eat. You know, animals with cloven feet, certain grains, rice. So he hasn't had any duck dinners. Amen. No Christmas gooses. No polar bears. Oh, no bunny rabbits. 
no bunny rabbits, right? And a voice spoke to him again the second time. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. Now, at this point, do you really think God's talking about food? No. So all you spiritual charismatics who tell me they can eat whatever they eat and there are no ramifications about it, that is not what this scripture is talking about. Okay? Just to be clear. Now, I don't care if you go home and have your, what kind of donut was that? Boston cream donut. Or your coconut pie. I mean, no, a chocolate cream pie sounds really good. Don't bring me one. I won't eat it because I just won't eat it. But it sounds really good. See, that's the conflict. The Bible says the flesh and the spirit are at enmity with each other. Amen? Amen. Verse 16. This was done three times, and the object was taken up again into heaven. Now, while Peter wondered within himself what this vision which he had just seen meant, behold, men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry from Simon's house and stood before the gate. And they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. While Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. A word of wisdom. Hey, just because these are Gentiles, Peter, get down there and go to them like I told you. Right? This is a word of wisdom. And so, what did God just say? He just said, hey, Peter, these Gentiles are not unclean. Thank God for that. Because now I am Abraham's seed, because I'm Christ. And I'm heir according to the promise. Amen? The word of wisdom. And what happened? So Peter goes to Cornelius' house. Everybody's getting saved. They're getting baptized in the Holy Ghost and speaking in other tongues. And they get water baptized. Word of wisdom is a pretty good thing to have. The Holy Spirit has a plan. Had this been left to Peter? I mean, Peter. remember, Peter had just preached a revival where 3,000 people got saved on the day of Pentecost. I mean, he is the revivalist. He has an anointing. But God had to change his way of thinking. He had to get kingdom way of thinking. And the Holy Spirit spoke to him through a word of wisdom. And we see an entire household, I mean family. You know, back then, I mean, the family actually liked each other. Or even if they didn't like each other, they only had small place to go. You know, I mean, the family all came together. And, you know, the servants, the family, the, the food. the Remember, these guys, these guys are still... Under Roman law, under Roman rules. And so a whole, whole family is saved. The Gentiles get saved. It's just an awesome, awesome testimony. The interesting thing is that the word of wisdom was in operation in the Old Testament. Because the Holy Spirit was in the Old Testament. Remember when the children of Israel left Egypt? The Holy Spirit went before them. He was a cloud of day. 
to keep their skin from getting burnt and, and, you know, being destroyed from the sun. And he was a pillar of fire at night to light their way. See, the Holy Spirit was in operation in the Old Testament. The, the difference was, generally, he would move through kings and priests. Amen? Through the, through the prophets. Kings, the priests, the prophets. So let's read this story here about uh, Joseph. Now everybody remembers who Joseph is, right? He's the dreamer. From Sunday school, he's the kid with the coat of many colors. Isn't that a Dolly Parton song? A coat of many colors. But see, he was, he was a dreamer. God spoke to him through dreams. God speaks to many of you through dreams. Are you listening? I mean, that's important. God's speaking to, to some of you through dreams. You need to listen. Genesis chapter 41. This is a little bit long, but we're gonna, we'll probably jump around a little bit. Verses 14 through 36. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph and brought him quick. Oh, yeah, we're picking up the story when Joseph is in prison. We don't have time to go over the whole life of Joseph. You can go back and read it for yourself. But here, Joseph is in prison. And they, so they brought him quickly out of the dungeons. They, they shaved him. They changed his clothes and came to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it. But I have heard it said of you that you can understand a dream to interpret it. Now, you think that would make a guy a little puffed up, right? That's right. I'm the dream teller. I know exactly how to interpret your dream. But Joseph answered to Pharaoh saying, it is not in me. He said, hey, don't put that on me. Joseph saying, don't put that on me. But he says, God will give Pharaoh the answer. God will give Pharaoh the answer. Now jump down with me to verse 28, just for the sake of time. Verse 28. This is the thing which I have spoken to Pharaoh. So now God is talking to Joseph. He says, hey, this is the thing that I've spoken to Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Right? And now comes the word of wisdom. So he tells him a word of knowledge. He says, hey, look, I've already told Pharaoh what's about to happen. Indeed, seven years of great plenty will come throughout all the land of Egypt. After them, but after them, seven years of famine will arise, and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine will deplete the land. So the plenty will not be known in the land because of the famine following, for it is, will be very severe. And the dream was repeated to Pharaoh twice, because the thing established by, it was a thing established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. So see, Joseph is now understanding that, hey, there is an issue. Okay? The word of wisdom now is the plan. Now therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this. And let him appoint officers over the land to collect one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven plentiful years. I want you to notice something. Joseph is the man of God. Pharaoh is not. And yet God spoke to Pharaoh and gave the word of wisdom to Joseph for the benefit of who? Of Pharaoh so that he could take care of his people. 
Now, I know that ain't the way you would have done it. Probably not the way I would have done it. Why didn't he speak to somebody in Israel? And why didn't he provide this plan in Israel? So the Egyptians would have to come to Israel. You don't know and I don't know. Because you ain't God and I ain't God. Amen? But God's plans are right. And it's why we have to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. Then that food shall be as a reserve for the land for the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, and the land may not perish during the famine. And so the word of wisdom comes to Joseph, and everybody knows the story. So Joseph relays it to Pharaoh. Pharaoh appoints Joseph as that wise man. Joseph takes care of the affairs of Egypt. And when the famine gets very severe in Israel... Joseph's family, through another set of circumstances, is brought to Egypt and delivered by Joseph, fulfilling another vision that Joseph had had, that all of the sheaves of the field and the sun and the moon shall bow before him, right? The word of wisdom, but the word of wisdom saved Joseph, right? And saved his father. Who is his father? Did somebody say Jacob? What was Jacob's real name? Israel. This was God's preservation plan for Israel. You mean God will use sinners to do his work? Oh, yeah. Do you remember a harlot? You know, a prostitute named Rahab? Yeah. She met a guy named Salmon, they got married. They're in the book. They're in the lineage of Jesus. She was a harlot in Jericho. I mean, God will use sinners. He's using you, ain't he? You were one once. That's why we have to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. Because we get so preset on how we think God would do things. That's why these commentators on TV, they're always telling you what, what God would do, what Jesus would do. What, they have no clue. They have no clue what he would do. Because he doesn't ever do anything the way they would do things. He does things according to his word. But he needs you. He needs somebody to hear his voice. To be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And the word of wisdom can, you know, the word of wisdom, even here at Valor, can be sometimes as small as, hey, elders, God's asking you to come lay hands on somebody. Why didn't you just lay hands on him, pastor? That's not what I heard in my spirit. The word of wisdom doesn't always work the way I have things planned. And it's not trivial because it can happen in your household. It can happen on your job site. It can happen in the grocery store, at the hardware store. If we'll listen and we'll have an impact on other people's lives, we'll have an impact for the kingdom Amen? It, remind, it reminds me. I mean, you think about Jesus. You know, here he is. It says he's walking by the seashore. He sees Peter in a fishing boat, asks to use his boat. You know, so Peter and James and John, they basically are there, and Jesus has a word of wisdom. Come and follow me. That was a word of wisdom? Oh, yeah, it was, that was a pretty wise thing to do, wasn't it? Has a word of wisdom for him. And they heed it, and they go follow him. He has a word of knowledge. 
And, and Nathaniel comes, and he says to Nathaniel, I already saw you, bud, when you're under the tree. And Nathaniel's like, you must be a prophet. Jesus said, follow me, and you'll see things. You'll see things. You'll see angels descending from heaven. He says, you'll see things, Nathaniel. You think this is impressive? Just wait till you see what the Holy Spirit is doing. See, and that should be the church. That should be us. That should be the operation of us. The word of wisdom can manifest for any kingdom reason, but it needs a conduit. It needs us to come through. So we have to, to be in tune for our safety, for the recovery of our, you know, our possessions, for righteousness, for restoration, to reach this lost and dying world. There are many biblical examples uh, that we, that we could, could still look at. There are many things that we could talk about that have happened here at, at Valor Christian Center because God is still moving. These empowerments, therefore, are important for the church. They're important for you and me. We need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit and there's no other way that we can do what God needs done unless we're empowered by the Holy Spirit. I mean, we could, we could come every Sunday and we could play church. We could come in, we could be happy, we could go home and feel contented. But that's not what we were called to do. We were called to go into all the world and take this gospel and transform every creature with this gospel. And that's going to take the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And so we need to to be listening because God wants to empower us for our prophet, for the church's prophet, for the prophet of the kingdom. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you speak. And I pray that we listen. I desire that we listen. That we hear your voice, Holy Spirit. That your word of wisdom would operate in our life at the time that we need it when others in our sphere of influence need it, that you would gain all the glory and all of the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. You have been listening to a recording from the teaching ministry of Valor Christian Center with senior pastors Scott and Tina Whitwam. If you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I invite you to pray this simple prayer with me now. Jesus, according to Romans 10.9, your word says, If I confess you as Lord and Savior and believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead, that you would come into my heart and I would be saved. I now confess and believe that you are my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, please contact our office so that we may rejoice together with you. Call Valor Christian Center at 480-545-4321. That's 480-545-4321. Or by email at info at valorcc.com. That's info at valorcc.com. Or by mail to the church address at 3015 East Warner Road, Gilbert, Arizona, 85296.